And now for a word from our sponsors. Are you fed up with hearing about the modern data stack only to realize that what it really means is buy these half dozen expensive tools and install them all just to get the data you need? You need right data. We combine the tools you need to turn raw data into trusted data for your business users, all in a single, modular, no-code platform. Easily do batch or streaming ingest, transform data, and build and orchestrate pipelines in our Data Factory Data Engineering module. The tools essential to delivering high-quality, reliable data through data observability, profiling, and ML-powered business rule generation are all in our Data Trust module. And to make it easy for users to find and take action on all that trusted data. Data Market is the next-gen catalog that makes it easy for users to find data products, to request access, and to start using the data through APIs, connectors, or even generative AI-powered data analytics. Get a free trial and learn why companies like Walmart, Johnson & Johnson, and General Electric chose right data for their data teams and how you can cut your data stack costs by 50% at GetRightData.com. A written transcript of this episode is provided by Starburst. For more information, you can see the show notes. Welcome to Data Mesh Radio with your host, Scott Hurlman, sponsored by Starburst. This is Adrian Estala, VP and Field CDO at Starburst and host of Data Mesh TV. Starburst is the leading contributor to Trino, the open source project, and the Data Mesh for Dummies book that I co-wrote with Colleen Tarto and Andy Mont. To claim your free book, head over to starburst.io. Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Hurlman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes. I've now left Data Stacks, you know, thanks for all their help in founding things, but I've left to start Data Mesh Understanding, which is also helping practitioners to get to the information needed to do Data Mesh well. We have free implementer introductions and roundtable programs, in addition to the more advanced yet affordable offerings. So please do get in touch if you're looking for more information on how to do, how to approach Data Mesh. Just check datameshunderstanding.com for more info. There's also a helpful organization of past Data Mesh radio episodes there if you want to dig into specific topics rather than digging through 200 different episodes. So with that, let's hit the funky intro music and listen to what you'll hear about in this interview episode. Episode 268, Adapting to and Adopting Product Thinking, Transforming Your Org for Sustainable Data Mesh. Bottom line up front, what are you going to hear about and learn about in this episode? I interviewed Yulia Barrara, who's an advisory consultant in digital and organizational transformation at ThoughtWorks. Be clear, though, she was only representing her own views on the episode. So here are some key takeaways or thoughts from her point of view. Number one. If you are greatly changing your general approach to something, which DataMesh does in many ways, you need to focus some amount on actual transformation. These approaches are not a switch you flip. It takes time and concerted effort to make lasting changes that work well. 
This keeps coming up about transformation. You gotta put the effort behind it. Number two, if an organization hasn't really broadly embraced product thinking, starting with data as a product and product thinking in data can act as a catalyst for other aspects of the business to embrace product thinking. It is a hard way to, to go about it, but you can do that. Number three, you don't change the organizational mindset through words. You start using new ways of working that change people's mindset as they see the benefit of those ways of working. At the end of the day, talk is cheap. Number four, to do data mesh well and have it work for an organization, it's best to tailor to their existing ways of working. Yes, change is necessary, but a revolution is far less likely to work than an evolution. How are teams working and where can we make smaller tweaks as we head towards something like data mesh? Number five, because you need to tailor your implementation to your own organization, any data mesh blueprint that will supposedly work for all organizations is likely to be snake oil at best. Number six, potentially controversial, the first two principles of data mesh, you know, domain, data ownership, and data as a product, have the most impact on the or organizational operating model. And Yulia kind of explained this a little bit more and, and follow up with me as those are the two that she's seen the most. But, you know, personal note here, you know, computational government, uh, federated computational governance might be up there for some organizations. They may really, really have to change to do that, but it's not necessarily for the vast majority of, of organizations. Number seven, with data mesh or really any change to your operating model, you need to make the goal or goals and, and measures of success visible to your people. That way people can understand if progress is happening and, and where or what to prioritize. Number eight, in product thinking, everything really centers around user value. It will inform your strategy, vision, and business goals. Create feedback loops to constantly test against serving user value. Number nine, create long-lived teams around your data products. If not, there is a significant risk of falling back to project thinking, which will mean fewer innovations or experiments with the data and not enough subject matter expertise embedded into the data products to make them truly valuable. Number 10, similarly, quote, stop funding the work, start funding the team. Stop trying to focus on exact tasks to be done instead of outcomes to achieve. That's key to product thinking in general. Number 11, many people believe you have to completely change your company to start having domains own their data. Start with one or two domains. Don't change the entire company up front. Number 12, when funding the teams, there is an assumption that the team will experiment and find more and more things that are valuable to users. But that ability to find value is crucial. You won't always know what is valuable ahead of time. Give the team space to find that value. Finally, number 13, also by funding long-lived teams, they can learn more and more about what drives user value and keep an eye out for work that is no longer aligned to user value. You can shut down work that's no longer valuable. This is a rarer occurrence in data than people expect, shutting down work. Okay, enough of just me. Let's hear from our awesome guest in this interview episode.
Okay, very, very excited for today's episode. I've got uh, Yulia Varvara here, who is an advisory consultant um, in digital and organizational transformation with ThoughtWorks. To be clear, though, she's only representing her own views. We're going to be talking a lot about something that's been coming up a lot on uh, recent episodes, which is this whole topic of transformation. Because Data mesh, if you're if you're approaching it in a sensible manner, is going to be all about how do you do appropriate transformation? How do you think about doing these things um, in a way where it's sustainable? It's not about again that kind of project mindset versus the the organization as a product almost mindset. And so we're going to be talking about that and why companies are going to be struggling with with data mesh because. Uh, they're not ready in general for, for that product mindset and just a whole lot of things around um, transformation and how does data mesh impact that operating model? Because again, data mesh isn't its own strategy. If you're not, if you're not integrating it into the actual business strategy, uh, is it going to be at all successful? So, but before we jump into that, Yulia, if you don't mind giving people a bit of an introduction to yourself, and then we can jump into the conversation at hand. Sure. Thank you, Scott. Um, hello, everybody. Good morning or good evening. I don't know what time you're listening uh, to us. Um, I'm Yulia Varvara from SoftWorks, an advisory consultant. Um, as Scott said, dealing mostly with digital transformation um, topics, uh, strategy, operating model, organization transformation. And I actually had the chance to apply these uh, in the context of data mesh for the last two years. So that's uh, why I suppose I'm here at this point in time. Um, I would like to say that, okay, I'm Romanian, so English is not my um, native language. I might, uh, uh, you might need to deal with uh, uh, me correcting things um, on the go. Um, and, uh, I really hope I said everything that needed to be said, Scott, so that it can go on. Yeah, no, I, I think um, where I want to start with this is you've been so focused on a lot of the, the transformational aspects. I think a lot of people want to skip over this when it comes to data mesh and data work in general. They want to do the data work instead of they want to do the organizational data work and I think that there's also some rationality to that because the data leaders, you know, remit what they're actually supposed to be doing isn't transforming the entire organization from their own way. So I'd love to understand how you start to think about what we've learned from digital transformation that we can apply in data mesh, but that we're also like how people can work with instead of against the overall organizational transformation because if you're trying to be the single thing that's that's transforming the entire organization it could be a catalyst we, we talked about that but it can't be that this is the uh the entire driving factor of your entire um transformation or or it, it could be but it's going to be very very painful so i'd love to hear you know, Oh, a very, very deep talk, but, but I'd love to hear kind of your initial thoughts on that, and then I can kind of dig deeper. Okay. So uh, I think you've mentioned uh, uh, more points. Let, I, let, I'd say let's let's try take it one by one uh, uh, to not mix. Um, 
um, things. What I'm, I, I will start by saying that what I, well, everything that I'm saying today is based on my personal experience and the feelings that I had while at clients dealing with these topics. Uh, so it doesn't represent maybe uh, Thoughtworks' uh, um, opinion on that. Um, but I would start by saying that we need to think that data mesh is a, well, brings a complete change to the approach of data in general. So if we um, uh, until now we talk, we talked about a centralized approach to data, and now we're moving to a decentralized one. There is a change there that needs or is driving some transformation at some level, right? We can't treat uh, 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 a decentralized model in the same way we treated the, the old one. We cannot use the same tools for the new concept. So this is already something that should bring about this idea of that some transformation, some changes would be necessary in the way that we treat data. Yeah? If we did it this way until now, and we want to change that because it didn't bring us too much value, we need to do some changes on uh, uh, more levels than just data, potentially. So I think that uh, m mostly everybody agree with this idea, right? Um, that uh, changing any kind of approach uh, requires some level of transformation at some point. And yes, I'm saying, I, I personally noticed and I have this feeling that data mesh could have a, trans, a, a transformative um, potential um, very close to that that we kind of bring when we do digital transformation. Um, uh, and I, I, can, I can give you some, some example based on that. Um, we say that, so in order to make organization uh, future-proof, so, or able to enable them to to be dealing with these challenges of the digital age that we are in, these companies need to act on some 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 um, uh, on multiple dimensions, like their strategy and operating model, um, to make it uh, 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 adaptable and flexible. Um, they they need to bring in. Uh, digital talent to uh, to be able to to work on the um, on the new very, uh, initiatives that mainly have technology at core and the, the tech at core being another way that uh, um, uh, uh, digital natives um, um, are are supporting their strategy uh, with so all these things. If you if you look in more details, you you will be able to see um, are being brought by the data mesh adoption itself. Um, I I would like to give you an example. We are talking about data as product or data as a product in data mesh. Um, in my personal experience, um, companies, even though they might have a very long tradition of uh, product thinking, uh, they 
might have never apply, applied this product thinking to data. Data has been dealt with mostly in specialized expert teams in the technology part of the, and has been dealt with in a in a in a way that doesn't have much to do with that product thinking. And even though you might only need to bring that product thinking mindset only to the teams dealing with data, it would still mean a lot of changes for those people dealing with data in those teams. But uh, most of the companies that I've been dealing with or working with together, they needed to embed this product thinking uh, in at more levels than just data, right? And I said, okay, but if we start with data, maybe we can carry this through to the other parts of the organization. And this is how I would uh, wanted to try to um, comment on uh, what you said uh, um, on that point that we made that data mesh could um, act um, as a catalyst for digital transformation if we don't start uh, um, uh, a with the digital transformation at the uh, level of the entire organization, but we start with data machine, the data part of the organization, maybe we could carry out that product thinking to the rest of the organization and also uh, try to change the mindset uh, to the other uh, parts of that organization. And, and I think that's a really interesting perspective because what what I've been seeing is when the you know data mesh transformation is not attached to the overall organizational digital transformation their overall business strategy it goes very very poorly you know it's it's much better when you can actually see what i'm talking about but you know say some say the entire organization is going off to the the northeast with their organizational transformation and the data transformation is trying to go off to the northwest you kind of have to curve them both so they're going a little bit but the data is not going to be the leading thing around the transformation. But I like what you're talking about of if you take that concept of that product thinking and if the organization doesn't have that product thinking, then it's a longer transformation, right? Like a lot of people want to have their their data mesh transformation, their data mesh implementation done, quote unquote, in two, three years. If, you know, maybe if you're a, a rather small organization, that's potentially uh, uh, something that's on the table. But if you're these 50,000, 100,000 person organizations, no, right? <laughs> Just let's be realistic. But that if there isn't that overall product thinking, then that can bleed through from the data org, but you're probably not going to be doing the full implementation of data mesh as people think about it from day one. You're starting to bleed through those product capabilities and you might still even have that in the centralized org as you start to say, like, we need to understand product capabilities and maybe up the capabilities of certain domains. But we're not trying to go very broad very quickly because we need to get people to understand product thinking. And so we can't just do that at the overall organizational level. You know, it's not just like there's this, uh, you know. Uh, message from on high, we now think as products and then everything happens. So I, I like that as kind of the seed of innovation for this transformation, because I think, but but I, I'd love, like, there's this really, really difficult nuance to 
explain and I have no idea how to put words to it. So if you do, great. If you don't, you know, don't worry. I haven't heard anybody talk about this. But like, how do you kind of judge or how do you think about are we the seed for transformation or are we trying to create our own transformation that is contra to the business strategy, to the, the the business direction? And we're, again, trying to go northwest when they're going northeast versus we can be the seed and we're kind of stuck in the doldrum. You know, if we're thinking, you know, traveling on water, we're stuck in this doldrum and we're the seed of innovation. We're that wind of change that can get us going. But like, how do you tell if you're going in a direction and you're you're your data transformation is trying to go in a different direction versus it's the leading catalyst behind that that digital transformation or it can be is is there a is it you know it when you see it that's that's what i would think it is but is there anything that you could give people to so cuz i i don't want them to go and go okay then you're just giving me permission that data mesh is going to be your full organizational transformation when it shouldn't be but when it can be that wind of change, that seed of change, is is there any way that you can you can give people a little color around that? I know it's a very difficult question. I I would try to say to to give you an answer, but that might not be the the one that that makes uh, makes you happy, Scotty. <laughs> like I don't think that people uh, doing data mesh or starting planting the seeds in a company through data. Uh, envision um, this uh, spreading of the concepts at other level of the, the company, right? Um, what I think is, and I, uh, I'm i not the one who said that. Um, uh, I, I, uh, so it's, it's, it's a theory that says that in order to change the mindset of a company, you need to start doing things in a different way. So you you don't change the a, 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 an organization culture by telling the people from now on you are have you have to think in a different way. But asking people and making people work in a different way the uh the mindset change comes with the new ways of working. Because people start seeing the advantages and the perks of those uh new ways of working, right? Um when uh, we at, with, at, with data, we go to a team and say, okay, let's try f- and from now on focus our efforts um, on the user. Start from the user in order to, to identify what our work should be and how we could do our work to bring value to, to a user as opposed to all the ways that, uh, uh, the, uh, that we uh, worked until now. Um, th- those people will start working that way. Their behavior will change, and they will be those that will uh, uh, most probably be able to show some success in actually bringing that value to their to their users, which might actually influence the rest of organization to repeat that behavior. It's it's show don't tell, right? It's it's like yeah. Like we need to just start doing that. It's, it's, um, I kind of talk about this a little bit with exercise plans, right? Like, and, and, you know, there's the whole question is, is this company really doing data mesh? And, you know, I've got something that's coming out about that, but, um, 
do you plan out your ent- entire uh, you know journey towards health or your entire exercise plan for the next five years? Or do you start exercising, figure out what works and, and what you enjoy doing, and you start to evolve your things in that way? And so your, your focuses are going to change and things like that. The more that you try and plan way ahead and, and just tell, you know, set yourself that this is exactly what we're going to do versus just kind of getting going and starting and bringing others along because you're showing them the results instead of selling them that there will be results. The more, you know, show don't tell kind of just keeps resonating a lot around this. You have to have that. Um, ability to get more people bought in because just doing it, it's not necessarily going to get everybody to just come in. But the fact that you can show that this is working and that this isn't that impossible and that we can find easier ways to build incremental value that's still scalable and things like that, Mm -hmm. but that we don't have to be in this perfect mesh model on day one we can be a little sloppy. <laughs> we can be a little bit like, hey, we're doing pretty simple use cases. We're doing pr- pretty simple things at the start, but we're, we've got an end vision. I, I like that concept of just showing people that this can be done and what the impact is instead of I have to have this perfectly mapped out because by the time you'd implement that, that's you know three, five years the world has changed five five times over. So your whole perfectly laid plans as to exactly how the organization works. You've made three acquisitions in that in that time frame. You know everything in the world has changed. So I, I really like that. That the, how do you think about communicating that internally? Uh, I personally had the opportunity of doing this and communicating that, and this is because. Um, uh, I I worked with so many um, organizations, and I'm not um, uh, meaning companies here. I in uh, in a, quite a few organi- in quite a few companies going through multiple of their departments or organizations. I've got to see different ways of thinking and working, uh, and try to understand how it would be the best for each of those organizations to think about um, uh, uh, their adoption of data mesh. And my personal experience showed that in the same company, in the same enterprise, um, there uh, multiple models could coexist, right? Um, the, the worst thing to do for me would have been to have got to a company and said, from now on, you do things this way. You have to change everything. We need a complete revolution. Um, you have all. You, you need to dismantle all your project teams and uh, create product teams. Um, it would scare it. With it would have scared the people the hell out of people, right? Um, if you go to someone and tell you, if you want data mesh, you need to turn over your entire organization. Why not just start small and see if it actually brings us any value by doing things in a different way? And if we are really convinced that this helps us grow that thing, incubate, sustain, scale, like that would be my 
approach if I would be to the one to decide on <laughs> how how to do that, right? Um, and th th that's what I'm saying. If if you don't try to understand um, what could be done, given all the uh, uh, um, uh, the characteristics, the settings, the um, in ecosystems and environments of each organization, so to see how would be what would be the best way for that organization to uh, approach the adoption and the change, um, you might never be successful trying to apply a blueprint. Right? There is no blueprint. So there is no blueprint for for, for the in people are so different. We, the two of us are so different, uh, even though we might share some convictions or some uh, uh, some understanding of a concept and still the same thing might not work the same uh, in the same way for for uh, uh, for both of us think about how would you uh, transfer that to to such to organizations that are uh, at another level of difference if we could say that right yeah well and I think that um this is something I've started to come up with this terrible analogy. I don't know what I, I, I'm thinking of starting of calling it meshtopia, but it's probably it, it's better called meshland. But it's like, you know, this concept of in fantasy books, like all of a sudden this new land appeared and it was previously blighted. It was the, the land of decentralized data and it was plagued by the evil data silos. But the data silos we now think can be defeated. And so everybody goes to meshtopia, meshland. But everybody's starting from completely different places across the globe. Everybody's trying to go to this same general area, but everybody's journey looks so different. And your capabilities when you're starting out, you know, somebody may be really, really strong on water versus somebody can, you know, the dwarves can go through and over mountains very well. And, you know, the the elves go through the, uh, the forests very well. So you want to skirt through the forests on your way to there instead of trying to go through and, and over the mountains and all that type of stuff, because everybody's starting point is different. So of course, everybody's journey looks different. Everybody's what's going to matter to them is, is different. And even your view of when you get to Meshland or Meshtopia or whatever, like what your, your view of what looks good is going to be totally different because your, um, like, you know, your organization, your ways of working, your industries, all of that stuff is different. And people are looking for these blueprints and they, they can't exist because if they did, they wouldn't, they wouldn't make any sense because you'd just be trying. So you can talk to those people who started, you know, there are people that started in very decentralized and now they're trying to be more, they're trying to, instead of be completely not coupled, they're trying, trying to understand how to have that loose coupling and how to, how to have certain things that are centralized that are capabilities that you're providing out to these decentralized and find how they can do that coupling together. Um, but that's going to look completely different than somebody that's starting from centralized. So I, I, I think this transitions well into the, the question of like, how do you think does data mesh actually impact the operating model? Like, are you seeing the ones that make the most success um, that they're trying to change their operating model or they're trying to change data mesh to match their operating model? Like how that push pull of, are, are you trying to 
put a little bit of pressure and change the operating model and and do that via data mesh? Or are you trying to change the way data mesh could be successful by matching it up to the operating model? So I, I, I really hope I understood your question correctly. But I would start by saying um, we apply, uh, going back to the product thinking that we apply to to data mesh. And it's mostly these two data mesh principles that actually have a huge impact on the operating model of the organization, the domain, the decentralized domain ownership of data and um, uh, data as a product. And um, I, w- I will start by giving an example because I have the feeling that I can make myself better understood this way. Um, when you start thinking about your data in terms of products uh, and uh, put your uh, uh, user in the center of your attention, that uh, you try to organize all your efforts around the user needs, right? Uh, you create this connection between the data team and the value that they are bringing to that users. In my personal opinion, this is completely missing uh, in the organization. So that this is what I personally had the chance to see, and I'm uh, in no way the one who saw that all, right? I Only in my tiny part of the uh, uh, world or, or of the business that I've been involved with, that was always the case. The data team had no idea what is the value that they are contributing to. And you need to have this connection. And in order to create this connection, to make those people see what they are working for, what where is the meaning of their work coming from, you need to uh, actually align the, the strategy with their uh, the way they are executing it. So then a new operating model that enables that is required, right? I'm doing this because it brings some value. It contributes to what business goal in in this organization. So you, you need to make that goal visible for them. You need to uh, 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 understand what are the measures of success, uh, which are the feedback loop that keeps you connected to that um, uh, understanding if you really bring some progress or not, or, or to uh, uh, even how are you going to prioritize that work for that team? Um because there there would be so many things to be done at the beginning. That team really needs to have a clear understanding what to start with. So all that operating model that I'm talking about would start um, from the user value, which would inform the strategy, the vision, and the, the, the business goals. Um, that would be further split into what we call, uh, uh, we call them hypotheses of value or bets of how we could reach those goals or those business outcomes, um, with very, with, which are uh, connected to very clear measures of success that are constantly being reviewed in order to see if there is progress. And the value hypotheses are um, further split into actionable uh, items, into uh, initiatives, into use cases, and teams are uh, associated, allocated to those. Um, this way, those that teams knows uh, the whole way, um, the entire time, 
that their work is contributing to a certain business goal. It's serving a, a certain customer value. They con constantly send feedback slope back to the portfolio based on the, uh, so teams build the product. They are in con con a constant um, uh, um, uh, exchange with the user. And they see how, how much uh, uh, value they are bringing. They send all that feedback back to the portfolio and back to the strategy and inform all that the, uh, continuously so that the strategy can be reviewed in case our value hypotheses were false in the first place. So the, the more adaptable and flexible the operating model, the more we could steer our teams to do the, the work that is really valuable and useful and required by the user. So by doing, uh, this is usually not the case that, that, that I'm, I was trying to say, if we, if we go into a, to an organization who is um, still working according those yearly financial plannings and they are uh, budgeting, I don't know, projects, um, long projects uh, uh, in advance, um, they might not be able to adapt and change if the, the requirements of those users also change in that, uh, during that year. And we might end that at the end of the year, we deliver something that is not longer wanted or valuable. I, I would also say that another huge change is brought by the fact that we say, if we apply product thinking to data, Products are built by product teams, not by project teams. So the general principle is, would be, we need to have a stable or lo long-lived product team, which is cross-functional, which is autonomous and empowered to make decisions, um, that has the ownership, the ownership and the responsibility over the data product over its entire life cycle from the idea to decommissioning. Otherwise, if we if the team is temporary, they don't get to gather the necessary expertise in that business field, in that business area to 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 help them get all the understanding of what is required from the data that they produce. Um, they might not get that psychological safety that would allow them to run experiments and innovations with data. But when you have a stable team, you create exactly this right environment for those people to get to know each other, to become efficient and high perform uh, as a team. So to make that team be a, a high performing team that de constantly delivers value because they have the understanding and the expertise in that specific area they are dealing with and of the users that they are serving with their data products. But in order to have that, you need to have a portfolio management that feeds the backlog at that team constantly with valuable things. And this is all tied with, to the higher up levels of the strategy. And, and so we talked a little bit about the, like data mesh can be the seed of change, but a lot mm -hmm. of what you're talking about is in order to actually do data mesh well, you have to have this organizational way of working. And so I think chicken and egg, right? Like if somebody is in an organization that 
doesn't have these capabilities right now and, and, and doesn't have this way of working, if they want to do data mesh well, like, is it just a, an uphill battle, but it's accomplishable? Or is it something where you go, go find a different organization? Because th- this has been something that people have been telling me because they want to get they want to get going on data mesh right now, but their organization is certainly not ready for it. And so you can have that innovation pocket if you can carve it out. But then how does that spread? Or is that, you know, are you going to tell somebody be prepared for um, a lot more organizational change work than data work simply because that's that's the only way it's going to work in this organization? Like how, uh, again, like the the thing that you would ask me to, to, to talk about or to, to ask you about it or we plan to was how does data mesh impact the overall operating model and how far is too far, right? Like how much is too much of an ask? Uh, so I, I really have the feeling that I only asked your question regarding the impact on the operating model only partially. Um because there are so many other, we never touched upon the decentralized domain ownership of data uh, and everything that comes with this. And yes, I think that this is a general concern. Uh, uh, companies would actually struggle with the idea that they need to revolutionize and transform the entire organization in order to be able to do data mesh. That's why I'm saying we don't, try to start revolutions in the organization. <laughs> At least I wouldn't try to start any revolution in any organization. I would start by saying, why not find a small domain which could maybe fulfill some of the conditions already or would be easier to change? St- uh, get that team set up in there, get their capabilities. Um, st- start working in the new ways see if there is any change, any improvement, if the, if we could show any success in there and then see if we can transfer that to the other parts of the organization. Yeah. Well, and I think this was something that kind of came up through as well when we were talking mm-hmm. was when you said stop funding the work, fund the team, right? Like you're, you're again, like, what are we trying to accomplish here? Are we trying to accomplish a simple outcome around one thing? Or are we trying to change the way that we're working so that our organization can continue to adapt and change, right? And so it's not about getting out a data product or serving a use case. It's about being able to serve additional use cases because that one use case is a value, but the more that you learn how to do this work, the more that you are adaptable and changeable and that your organization can actually do these things at scale instead of doing that one project, right? You, you can even treat data mesh as a project instead of treating it in, in that product way of like, we're learning, we're figuring out how we're going to do this. We're figuring out how this is going to evolve. And maybe we try data mesh and it doesn't work for us. And that's just like a product. You shut it down if it doesn't work. And that you have that kind of thing where you have the hope that it's going to continue to work, but you think like in that way of, if it's not working for us or if it's not working for us right now, you know, there is a, a company called uh, Project Better Place and they tried to do um, all electric vehicles in like the early 2000s. And it just 
went absolutely nowhere. You know, it, they took in a billion dollars of, of funding and it just, it went like, they, they, it was just like, it's a really interesting use case and story and everything, but it, the world wasn't ready for it. And sometimes organizations aren't ready. Like, how do you think about, I mean, you know, I want data mesh to succeed for people, but I'd rather their organization succeed than they continue to push on data mesh when it's not working for them. Like, how do you think about that conversation too of, that overall product thinking to the entire organization and finding ways of working that that actually scale and work for them. Sorry, very, very long question and, and things, but and it's, and it's a difficult question. But like, how do you think about that when you're talking to organizations about sustainable change? The, the conversation is never easy, to, to be honest, at least from my perspective, in my opinion. Um, because there is always going to be resistance to change. I, I will say, because it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable with the thought. Um, I will repeat uh, something that I said in the beginning, um, that the mindset change is necessary to have a sustainable change in the in uh, uh, other aspects in the organization. And that mindset change is mostly um, achieved by doing things in a different way, not by telling people to change and start wor uh, working in a different way from tomorrow. So I, I don't think that there is a right answer to, to this question, to, to be honest, because um, it's, I, I think, I uh, repeating myself, but uh, there are no two organizations that look alike. It will feel differently no matter what, um, where there is the will and the leadership support in an organization to run this transformation and you have uh, uh, top-down support, all these efforts might seem um, easier or, or uh, um, the, the, the action would, be, would run smoother. Um, when, you, when you start from a data team that uh, identified some benefits that they could drive from data mesh, and you want to scale it, to bring it to the the top of the organization in a bottom up approach, it might take longer and it might be harsher. Right? It all depends where it starts. Yeah, and and that whole it depends. People are are frustrated by that answer, but it's the right answer when it comes to data mesh in a lot of ways, because. There's so many complex things weighing on it. And people want simple answers, especially in data, because so much of where their information has come from historically is vendors. And vendors are great at giving simple answers, even if those answers aren't all that useful or aren't all that correct or, or by us. But like that, that ability to understand that this stuff is going to be complex and that you're not going to get it right. You're going to get it too good, uh, good enough for now is, is where you're trying to go for and that you're not going to get it perfect from day one and being comfortable with that, which hasn't been something that's been okay in data because we've had that project mindset. And so it's when it is delivered, no, we don't get to change it. Or there's this huge rework cycle versus that product thinking, that product mindset of, I'm delivering and I'm constantly evolving so that we're constantly delivering more and more value. It's 
it's just a, a different way of thinking. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we could talk on this for forever. I, I want to be cognizant of time because I know, I know you got to hop here. So uh, I want to give you space to react to that. But also, is there any, any way that you want to kind of wrap up the episode? Any, any, the kind of thing that any button you want to put on kind of what we've talked about here? Um, I might uh, spend one minute more on something that you mentioned, but we never got to uh, actually detail on is about the the concept of funding the teams. If you think it's okay to go back a little bit to that, um, because in the new in the new operating model, where we start from the assumption that the things that we do do are valuable. Right, because we start, we only look at things that could bring value, and we do these experiments and these uh, 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 trying to prove that our hypotheses of value are true or false. Um, I think it's perfectly fine to say saying that all the things in the portfolio that flow into the team's backlog um, uh, um, are going uh, to be proved as valuable or not at some point. So. You have a, a list of things that you need to understand uh, how how they get closer to the value that you want to achieve. So these are things that have the potential of being valuable, all of them. So you have this team in place, which is stable, long-lived, um, uh, which is autonomous, has all the skills and the capabilities that it needs to work and independently or uh, as autonomously as possible deliver that product, no matter if it's a data product or another type of product. Um, And you have this team in there and you invest in that team and you uh, enable that team to uh, get better and more efficient and uh, to make it be, uh, 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 to help it become a high-performing team. Um, And this team takes pulls things from that strategic backlog of yours or from that uh, strategic portfolio of yours and starts implementing them. And that team continuously checks with the user if it, what they, they, their work makes sense or not. Um, and when, and that thing might never be done with, like the user might always have some requests for evolving, improving that specific product. So the teams know, know it's exactly what to do, how to plan this evolution, that improvement, or when the product is not needed, it might need to be decommissioned. Um, the, 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 the same team will have to decide uh, if this uh, is going to happen and when and how. You can't have all that with project teams that dismantle after a year. Right. Yeah. If they build something and the team, after one or two years, the team goes away, the product it, they worked on, it, it's orphaned somewhere there. Who is going to look at it if it needs any evolution or improvement? Um, that's why we say you invest a lot in that team to make it high performing. Keep it there. Fund this team, starting from the assumption that everything that flows into its portfolio has the potential of being very valuable and give that team the psychological safety to be running experiments because that would enable innovation and let that team say, 
decide if something really brings the value or not. Make those hypotheses of value bets and not um, uh, as a, ma- making failure as a as a as a way of learning, right? Not asking the team to be always perfect or to deliver on time and budget because that doesn't show any value at all. So that's that that's where the funding the team comes on comes from. And and it, 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 exactly I, I'm glad you wrapped it up as well as you did because I was I was going to try and point to a couple of those things of like that if you say that we're only going to do work that we know has value you're not being innovative you're not going to fund that you're not going to go for those things where you're trying to prove out could this have value and you know you find ways to do that cheaply quickly you know and you start to test those things but like at the same point you know you don't say everything's going to have value so let's do everything but yeah I think that's a really, really important point. So I'm glad you 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 made that in in, in us wrapping up. I'm I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that would really love to follow up with you. Um, where's the best place to do that? Anything specific you'd like people following up about? Um, I can be found on LinkedIn. Um, Yulia Varvara is my name. Yeah, we'll drop a link to that in the show notes too, so people can easily find you. Anything specific you want people following up about? Um, I'm very passionate about these topics that we just talked um so yeah anything related to digital transformation in general um operating models uh product thinking uh, organization transformation especially in the context of data mesh awesome well thank you so much Julio, for your time here today and as well thank you everyone out there for listening thank you very much scott I'd again like to thank my guest today, Yulia Varvara, Advisory Consultant in Digital and Organizational Transformation at ThoughtWorks. You can find a link to her LinkedIn in the show notes as per usual. Thank you. Hopefully that interview episode was really useful for you. Please do consider getting in touch with guests from the show, from these episodes. Most have said they'd really love people to reach out to them. And please, as well, if you've got a minute, rate and review the podcast somewhere. It really is honestly super helpful for other people looking into kind of data podcasts to kind of get this in front of them. Data Mesh Radio is again provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It's produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. In April of 2023, I left Data Stacks, who were wonderful in getting the Data Mesh community stuff started. So give them a shout for streaming and real-time AI needs. But I left to start my own industry analyst kind of information as a service firm. Our offerings are affordable and you can do them on a one-off or a month-to-month basis. You know, read kind of, throw it on the credit card. Don't worry about like going through purchasing and things like that. The services include lots of practitioner roundtables, you know, one-on-one data mesh kind of planning or feedback sessions and tailored introductions to other data mesh practitioners that are focused around your topics of interest. You know, what, what are you actually running into challenges with? We also have some free programs around introductions and roundtables that people can kind of check out as well. Check the show notes or just go to datameshunderstanding.com for more info or helpful resources. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch as well and have a wonderful rest of your day. Now let's hear that funky outro music. 